at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. We are joined now on the line by freelance sports writer Simnike Wakavanisa as we continue our build-up to the final. Uh, but we're going to talk Rassi and his decision to step down. Sim, good evening and thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. How's it, how's it Todd? Thanks, thanks for having me. Big news today, Sim, as Rasse confirmed that he won't be staying on as head coach. It's come as a surprise to many, but it's not really a surprise, is it? Because he was clear from the beginning. Yeah, um, look, I mean, I think at the very beginning, we all thought he was he was given the, the head coach, um, you know, the head coach job for, for six years. And then I think, um, you know, a few months into the job, SA Rugby stepped in and, and sort of clarified that actually... He's only going to be in charge of the Springboks until the World Cup, and then after that, he's going to go back to the role for which he was, uh, you know, he was appointed for six years, which is obviously the director of rugby. So ultimately, you know, it, 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 it wasn't a surprise in that sense. Why do you think that uh, he didn't want to go the normal four-year term that most coaches prefer? No, look, I mean, at, at, at the very beginning, you know, the. The job was director of rugby. It wasn't head coach. Um, so if, if if it was head coach, maybe he would have gone, you know, the route of, um, you know, of, of four years, or or, or or maybe, you know, if if you also look at when he took over, you know, coaching the Springboks, he took over coaching them two years from the World Cup. If you go four years, you're gonna fall what two years short of the next World Cup. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so I, I think a lot of that stuff sort of is factored in, but ultimately, you know, he took the job of director of rugby, which is what he was given six years for, and therefore, you know, you know, the rest of the, you know, the, the rest of the conjecture about, you know, should he, should he not have taken a, a four-year contract, probably falls away. So, is it cut and dry then, Sim? Done deal that he really won't be staying on, even if people sign petitions. You know what he used? He used the word probably. So um, I'm obviously becoming an, an old cynic. I'll feel a little too much, maybe. Um, so he used probably, um, even though he was saying, you know, this test, the 25th, would also be his last. Um, it, it's only because he used the word probably that I think there might be, you know, that 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 the, the, there might be sort of. Um, a changing of the mind mm. but um you know i suspect if if there was a reason for him to change his mind i i, I don't think it would be our, our petition <laughs> um but it probably would be something along the lines of you know would he like to, to coach the swimworks against the british and irish lines when they come down to south africa in 2021 um, but you know, be beyond that, I I can't really see it. And also, you, you've got to to consider how busy he's been, because remember, he's played both the roles of head coach and mm. director of rugby. Um, and you know, I mean, I remember he kept getting called up to help at all the other you know provincial unions as well. You know, I I, I think he's also gotten to a stage where maybe you know Mrs. Mrs. Erasmus would like to you know to have the man of the house mow the lawn lawn for a change. You know, instead of you know having him you know do odd jobs around you know around the country at, at all the you know rugby unions. And of course, she'll have the final say there in this, Mrs. Erasmus. So, so uh, this director of rugby position, what exactly does it entail, or is it what the title says? He looks after everything rugby related in South Africa. Yes, he does. He looks after. I mean, he looks after schoolboy rugby. Um, obviously, your SA schools. He looks at. He looks at the SA under twenties, um, sevens rugby, um, and then and then he, he obviously looks after the Springboks as well. Um, you know, hopefully working. 
closely with you know with the with, with, with the Sigmas. It's not too different to the role he held before, which was um, sort of high performance manager. Um, I, I, I suspect uh, he probably has a bit more clout now with the Springbok coach than he probably would have had, um, you know, before. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I don't necessarily know what the very sort of fine detail of the difference is, but I would guess that it's the fact that um, he probably has, you know, a say, you know, you know, when it comes to, you know, to the Springbok coach. And, and how vital has this been to the success of the box that is the director of rugby and his coach? I guess he can basically do and get anything he wants. Well, yeah, look, look the, the cynical way to look at it is that, um, you know, if, you know he, he, if, if he wants the boss to, you know, to help him out with one or two things, he can speak <laughs> to the boss all in one meeting, you know, at the same, you know, as he's thinking it. And the boss will turn around and say, yeah, no, cool, Rusty, you can have it. <laughs> You know the boss being rusty himself. Uh, that's the cynical way of looking at it. Um, but 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 obviously, um, I, I, I think we underestimate what he's actually done in that sort of um, as as director of rugby. And that he, he's not one of those um, coaches who wants his his his, his um, what's the thing his his, his his coaches to stay idle mm-hmm. for the you know Super Rugby season. What he does is he sends them out. He makes sure that they work so. That's going to be his job. His job is basically to make sure that to make sure that the structures are sound and the structures, you know, the pipeline is producing as it should. Because the, the big problem with African rugby is that, you know, we we produce a lot of talent and most of it finds its way overseas. Granted, because of the money, but also largely because there is no plan in terms of you know what's your plan for this talent that you've produced. You know, our coaching structures are in a shambles. Um, and, and, and it's those things that you need someone to sort of sit and sort of come up with a plan for how they're going to work, you know, the contracting systems. And that's what he's going to do. That, that stuff, you know, it's, it, it's not sexy because it's not the stuff that happens on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But that's the stuff that needs to be in place to be able to compete sort of um, consistently with the likes of New Zealand instead of, you know, the odd test where, you know, you're going to win it by two points and think you're on top of the world and then lose the next three or whatever. Okay, let's go to the voice note here that's come through. If you've just joined us, we're speaking to freelance sports writer, sports reporter, writer Simnigi Abanisa just about Rasia Rasmus's announcement today where he confirmed that he probably won't be staying on as box coach after the World Cup final against England on Saturday. You can send us your voice notes. What do you make of this decision? Uh, you can send them to 061-4104-107. Hi, member. Uh, this is Zico Smith all the way from Binoni. You know, this thing of uh, Rasi Rasma stepping down as the coach and remaining as the director of rugby, I don't think it will sit uh, well with the with the new coach imagine if like uh, he wins the world cup now rasi uh, on saturday and then he, he won't be a coach anymore and then the new coach must step in that pressure knowing that you are director of uh, rugby is the very same person who was the coach previously who won uh the world cup like you know if he wants to leave i think he must just leave he must step down on all of the positions not on the on the coach one and him remaining the director of uh, rugby it will just be too much for the new coach thank you okay thanks for that zico smith sim i guess it depends on who the new coach is because you've been writing about this for weeks and you believe that a man that's already part of this box setup jacques ninebar will uh, is likely to take over from rassi 
Yeah, look, um, I mean, I did have a word with someone who sort of um, suggested that that's what Rossi would like. You, I think Rossi by now is, is sort of known for, for for liking to work with, you know, a, a very small group of people and having loyalty to those people. Um, he's also He also likes his alignment. You know, he, he talks a lot about alignment and he, he sort of surrounds himself with, you know, with like-minded people and like-minded people only. So the one guy's been there from day one. Literally from the days when they were in the army, is Jacques Ninaber, an ex physiotherapist who's um, now a defense coach, and they've pretty much traveled the world together coaching. And so that's the guy he would like to have there. I don't necessarily think it's his choice and his choice alone, simply because to be single coach, I think he has to go to the exco with the Sari exco. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think sometimes that comes down to the vote, and you never know how our provinces are going are gonna to vote because self interest is quite a big thing. And so, I mean, I, I, um, that's that's the thinking as things stand now. But I, I think, I think the whole, you know, step down completely. Um, I, I need to answer that voice note mm. just by saying um, the one thing that that scares me is we'd repeat a mistake we've made every single time. You get a guy, he takes a team to the World Cup. Um, sometimes he wins, sometimes he doesn't win. He comes close, and he's learned all these lessons. And what do you do? You say, all right, thanks, nice knowing you, cheers. You don't have the guy around as a sounding board for the next guy to be able to say, you know what, this is where I got it wrong, or this is where we got it right. Um, you know, South Africans, we're big fans of, of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And and, and and as for you know you know the pressure of yeah that you know the last uh, well, that the director of um, of rugby was you know was basically the last head coach of the box and got to the World Cup final or whatever it is you know if if you worry about that as a Springbok head coach maybe that's not the job for you to start with. Okay, and and you say Jacques Nineba is um, was with Rassi from the army. Is he his yeah, writer? Is he like his right hand man? They met. They met in the army. Um, you know. You know. In the old days, when you got conscripted to the army, I think you spent about two years um, or whatever. You know, in the, in the old South Africa, as they like to, <laughs> to mm. call it. So that's where they met, and then obviously they 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 studied at the same university, I think, uh, in, in the Free State, and basically where they know each other from. And then you know, obviously. Um, Nina was was you know was was, was studying physiotherapy. He's actually still a, a practicing physiotherapist. I think he's got a practice with his with his wife, and basically that's where they know each other from. That's how far back they know each other from. Good friends and also obviously good collaborators by the looks of it. And they work together at the Stormers and um, and Monster. Yeah, Stormers Monster. Look, I mean, um, the, the people will ask a very obvious question, which is, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, Jacques has never, you know, Jacques never been a head coach before of of any team at any level. Mm-hmm. So would would there not be, you know, a risk in 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 his job? You know, his first, you know, um, sort of head coach job being the, you know, the highest in the country, the, the Springbok job. That's it's a very valid question. Those are all valid questions, especially in South Africa, where we seem to have this culture. Where you know the next guy who's going to coach is based on you know whether he was a great player or or not or how close is he to the people you know that that are picking him. So you've you've got a bunch of guys almost like you know picking each other as opposed to letting your track record speak for itself. You know we there seems to be a, a mistrust of um, of career coaches. You know people who've basically done the you know gone all the way from schools rugby all the way up 
you know, work their way through the domestic system all the way up into, into Super Rugby. There seems to be a mistrust of that. People are cherry-picking kind of like guys they like, you know, ex-players, recent ex-players. Um, I, I think we saw, and, and I'm not criticizing, I think we saw mm-hmm. recently the, the Sharks have got um, Pat Lambie as a, yeah. as a, as a, as a consultant. Um, there's loads of talk about Warren Whiteley becoming um, one of the, 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 the Lions' as, um, coaches. Um, you know, we talked we, yesterday, the Lions announced the Cash coach. Van Royen. Um, yeah, um, Ivan, Ivan from Roy, who, who, what, two years ago was a, was a conditioning coach. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we, we kind of getting into the situation where there, there, there is space, in my opinion, there's space for, for sort of, um, left field decisions. Um, you know, where you, you sort of thinking laterally and you're thinking out of the box. But I just worry that in time, in South African rugby, you know, the thinking out of, you know, the lateral thinking dominates, whereas, you know, there's no sort of, you've got to go through these hoops to be able, you know, for us to trust that you can make it as a coach. It's just that it's a little too much of it is based on gut feel. Mm-hmm. And that, that can't be right. I don't know if you saw the press conference today or this morning, but was it a sign of things to come when 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 Jacques Nenaba was part of the press conference taking over the mic after Rasa spoke? Look, I wouldn't necessarily know, but um, you know, they, if if um, you know, if it was supposed to be symbolic, maybe um, maybe the, 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 the talk behind closed doors was that maybe you should start getting used to to being the guy that does this. Um, you know that that you know that 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 fronts up to these occasions. Maybe that is the talk, but to be to be brutally honest, I I haven't the foggiest. And what has Jacques Nenaba brought to this box team? Well, if you look at our defence, I think we've considered how many tries in the competition and how many games have we played. Now we played about six games, right? Mm-hmm. We've considered four tries. Um, I think that speaks volumes for. You know, that speaks volumes for what he's brought into the team. You know, our defense is obviously very risky because everyone, um, you know, goes on about how if, if one thing goes wrong, your line gets breached and you could concede a lot of points. But it never seems to happen that we, you know, that the swimmers concede a lot of points. Um, that's essentially what he's brought. He's brought this, this aggressive sort of attitude on defense. And, and usually in, um, in, in rugby, the defense coach, for some reason, um, lends himself um, nicely to, to being the head coach because defense is almost, um, you know, the, the, the sort of the heartbeat of the, of, the, of, of, of the team. You know, that's how you can tell whether a team is, is, is in a good headspace or not. You know, if they're a good defensive team, they normally are. If they're not, it means they've got a lot of, a lot of issues with them. And then the you know the guy they're accountable to is the defense coach, and so it makes it easier then to be accountable to to the head coach simply because you know um, you know they they the ones that you know that drive it. So look, I mean he's been valuable. You you can't fault that. But the, the big question mark is um, you know has he got you know has he got what it takes to to look after the whole operation instead of just one one aspect of it. Okay, let's go to another voice note that's come through. Good evening. You're speaking to Libra here in East London. Um, I'm saying that, um, what about Johan Ackerman, you know, as a coach? Uh, can Rasi Erasmus go to Johan Ackerman and offer him a contract? Because Johan has just signed a new contract with uh, Gloucester Rabbi in England until 2021 because we have heard that, uh, you know, uh, there's a clause uh, in Johan's uh, new contract which ends in, in 2021 that says if someone approach uh, him and says he... Uh, 
offers him a contract, then there's a clause, a clause that says he can be released. So uh, what about Johan Ackerman and will he make a good job in the Springboks? Thank you very much. Okay, thanks for that voice note, Sim. Uh, Johan Ackerman, and on that note, are there any under any other candidates? Look, obviously, um, Ackerman would be a, a reasonable call. It wouldn't be an unreasonable call simply because you know he did take the lines to you know from 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 Karika, oh, sorry, from from Super Rugby relegation to to the Super Rugby final. And so, you know, that, that speaks volumes about his coaching and that speaks volumes. And, and, and from what I understand, he's not one of those coaches that, um, you know, he's not one of those coaches that, that basically is a technocrat. He's basically a guy that surrounds himself with the right people. And then he, he looks to manage everyone and he looks to basically make sure that, you know, that the whole is, is, is working. That's probably what you need at Springbok level. And mm. what he's done is he's also gone overseas to try and prove himself. And he's working in probably, you know, the, the most competitive league in, in, in rugby at the moment, um, the, the English Premiership. So, I mean, he, he would be a fair, a fair shout. Um, what I would say is, uh, you know, with the whole talk about Rossi Rasmus being interested in, in, in Ninaba being, you know, being his successor, I do hope that the process of Ninaba coming in would, wouldn't just be sort of um, rubber stamping things. It would rather be a simple case of, you know, have we looked around to see if, um, you know, have we looked around to see if we, you know, if, if this is necessarily the best guy we've got. So they, they should still open it up to, to other people, which is where the likes of Ackerman would come in and others. And you have to also imagine that with the Springboks having made the, the World Cup final, there might be and there should be a lot of international coaches, overseas coaches, who would like to coach the Springboks. And so, you know, with that kind of um, pool, we then maybe need to have a look at the at the options, you know, we might have, you know, over and above, you know, the one that, you know, the current head coach slash director of rugby would like to have. Okay, let's take another voice note on this topic. Good evening, James, and thanks for the show. I've just got two points. Speaking to his part from Durban, by the way. My first point is that if Jacques has to take over, firstly, without the pedigree, I'm assuming that he will definitely follow on from where Jacques, from where Rusty is taking over now. So he'll play this, a similar type of rugby. And I don't feel that SC Rugby will grow to the level where we possibly, the heights where we could possibly reach. Number two, um, I just saw the Lions appointment now saw the Sharks appointment now um, and if Jacques had to take over it, it means that the coaches that are in the system already we are not we're not really promoting them we're not awarding we're not rewarding them and uh, it becomes uh, whoever I feel whoever I like most will take over so it becomes I don't know where the parity is there and yeah it leaves a lot to be desired thanks Jens Okay, thanks for that. And it also goes with uh, a tweet from the Real Abel Gekana who says that we can't be having box turned into jobs for pearls. Sim, does it talk then, the last part of that voice note in this tweet, does it talk to what you were talking about, about um, the mistrust basically of actual coaches? Um, but yes and no. Um, yes, because, uh, I mean, if you look at our system now, it's flooded with, sort of left field decisions or people who kind of like, you know, landed there by, you know, almost by default. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the caller says, 
he'd like to see us, you know, somebody promoted from 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 the domestic system. But the simple question is, who who could you possibly promote right now? If you look at the four Super Rugby franchises, um, they've got you know they've they've they've, they've got a, a in in front of the the Lions have someone who's got 15 games, period of of coaching in his whole life. You, that guy is not going to be a springboard coach. He has to prove himself. Super Rugby he's just, he's just literally been announced yesterday. If you look at the Sharks, Sean Everett's been around forever, but this will be his first Super Rugby. If you look at, you know, if you look at Bulls, no disrespect to to to, to Porter Heman, but I'm not sure he screams springboard coach at you. And um, and then if you look at at at, at, at the performance, John Dobson again, another guy who's earned his stripes through the system, hasn't done anything at Super at Super Rugby just yet because this will also be his first his first season. So I, so you know, there's nothing to promote from within, from you know, in, in terms of what I can see. So my solution would be to to open it up to see who's interested in coaching the Springboks now internationally, given that they've now made. You know the, the the World Cup final. I think that'd be a better solution because then you can get some 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 serious sort of heavyweights of the world, you know, interested in coaching the Springboks. So I mean that that yeah that I get. But the, the, the talk about you know the talk about uh, that the box won't won't improve. They'll play the same the style same of play. Brand. What's that? I'm saying about the style of play. Yeah, it'll be it it'll be yes, it'll be the, the same style of play. But people also need to understand. You know, Rossi took over what last year. That's eighteen months ago, um, and he took a team that was at its lowest, and he needed to get them competitive. And the rules of rugby about how you to get a, a team competitive is, you know, get their set pieces right, get their defence right, and and get them to contest at the breakdown, and you know, the, get the basics right. And you know, thankfully, those are sort of natural South African strengths. And so he's gone back to those to those strengths. Um, I I look at them and I think in terms of evolution, they they would like to you know to, to be throwing it around like everybody else in the world. But the simple truth is, they haven't had time because they've been so busy trying to to just get back on par with everybody else. And they've just done that. You should give them an opportunity to at least you know to to try and build on what you know on the foundation they've laid. Um, look. You can do that by getting all kinds of, you know, attack coaches, this, that, and the other. But at least you need to have that foundation. That's what they have now. Okay, we'll take the last voice note on this, and then we move on. Good evening, Kavizu. I think this six-two split pattern is working for us so far. Yet we are not playing great rugby, but we are getting nice results, and our forwards are playing a nice rugby. As long as we can make them tired and dominate them on the lineouts and and on the racks and on the malls and dominate them on the scrums, we can make them lose discipline and start coming at us and then we are going to get some 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 nice results. Only if Billy Luru is going to be on top of his game for this game only. I I I I pray he come to the party. We are going to win it. But if he's still going to have problem, then we are, we are in for something. It okay, a hospital pass straight to Simnigewa Klavanisa. How do you see it going on Saturday, Sim? Oh, he's having having sung you know the coaching staff um, praises <laughs> you know all, all through that. I have to say, um, I honestly don't don't see how. 
we we, we can do it. Yes, oh. yes, we've got the yes, we've got the pack. Um, yes, we've got the um, you know. Yes, we've got you know the the, the aggressive defence. Yes, Pollard kicks all his kicks at poles. Yes, we've got the conditioning, which is something people don't seem to associate with the Falcons. But um, the, the, the box of conditioning has to be top two, three at, at the World Cup at the moment. Um, and, and you know they've, they've got all of those things. But the problem with England is, from what I can see, one. They're kind of like a, a, a thinking man, South Africa. They've got exactly the same traits, mm-hmm. but you know they can they can they've also got the the added sort of advantage of being of of attacking better. And I think their kicking game is is, is 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 better than ours. And so when you put those two things together, you know it should it should result in a victory for them. And then there's, there's, there's other variables, you know. Um, I say the box, you know, Rassi took, took over the box 18 months ago. You know, Eddie Jones has been there for, for two years longer than that. And so basically their evolution as a team is two years more. And if you know anything about Eddie Jones' obsessiveness and his constant look search for, for, for sort of, you know, 2% advantage or whatever it is, two years is then a lifetime. So they've got a bit more on us than, you know, than, than, than we do, but you know the one encouraging thing, because before I sound like I'm writing us completely off, is that I don't see England playing as well as they did against um, against New Zealand this past mm. weekend, and I also don't see us playing as badly as we did against Wales, which means the game will be quite close. Um, in a strange way, you know, you've also got to you know you've also got to got to look at, at at the past and say how many tries have been scored in the World Cup in World Cup in the in the World Cup finals that have been played. You know, the last eight. That haven't been played already, and the number is 14, which means you don't score many tries in a World Cup final. So you know, if we're going in with a team with a 6-2 split that says we're not going <laughs> to score tries, then we're exactly where we should be. And then if you look at the boxers' history, you know, in the two finals that they've been in and never lost, may I suggest, mm-hmm. um, the magic number there was 15 for them to win 15 points. That's all they needed. <laughs> so, okay. so I mean, that's, that's how I would say we have a chance. But there's also other things, other weird sort of little things against the box. Like no one who's won the rugby championship has won the World Cup. And no one who's lost the game during yeah. the group stages has gone on to win it. So there's, there's a lot there. Um, so I would say a uh, very, very small win for England. Okay. And of course, you hope you're wrong, right? I, I do hope I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, so let's leave it there. Freelance sports writer there, just giving us in, insight into what could what is likely to happen um, when Arasi Erasmus steps down as Bok coach. Probably, he did say, probably step down as Bok coach after the final. Let's move on now and speak about uh, this wonderful story um, that happened uh, this week in Durban as all roads lead to the Moses Mabida Stadium this Saturday. Something uh, very thoughtful happened this week. The Department of Correctional Services and the PSL uh, hosted a public apology session at the stadium for the victims who were assaulted during that pinch invasion in the game between Chiefs and Free State Stars last year. And the acting head of the Moses Mabida Stadium, uh, Shablila Nduli, joins us on the line. Shablila, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to your listeners. Um, just uh, give us an idea. How did this come about and how long has it been in the works? Uh, Tabiso, yeah, uh, we were approached by correctional services, I would say, a month ago mm. uh, about this um, wonderful idea. Um, then they 
we recommended that they speak to PSL since the, the event, the match that happened on in April last year, mm. was a cup match that was uh, coordinated and owned by PSL. And then PSL bought into the idea and then coordinated all the stakeholders. And the rest was history. The event took place on Tuesday this week. That is a really wonderful story to tell. So who was there? Who was in attendance? In attendance, uh, it, it, it was the victims themselves, uh, which was uh, the broadcasters with the sport, uh, the chiefs um, who, were, who were playing on the day with Free State Styles mm. present, as well as Bank, the sponsor, uh, Stadium, Chibini Municipality Representatives, uh, SAPS, and Metro Police, uh, and the direct victims, obviously, that were affected, like the security companies, the individuals that were affected on the day, as well as the perpetrators themselves, in, in some media present. And and do you feel that uh, you, you achieved what, what you wanted to achieve, then what everybody wanted to achieve from this session? Uh, Chabisa, certainly. I mean, uh, the session, I'll tell you, it was quite an emotional one, uh, but uh, equally so, uh, I would say we did achieve uh, because apologies were made. Um, and at the end, I'll say there was some reconciliation between mm. the parties, the victim and the offenders. Uh, on the day, uh, they got to uh, speak, uh, share what the, their unique experiences in terms of what, what happened on the day. Um, they were offered a platform to express their apology and show their remorse. And uh, I will say at the end of the day, all parties left um, united. Mm. And uh, there was a spirit of Ubuntu at the end of the day. As you know, uh, the sport itself, it's meant to unify people. And it's part of entertainment. It's never meant for violence. So we definitely condone what happened on the day. But we're quite also happy that that event took place and um, both parties uh, happened to find each other on the day. And how remorseful were the perpetrators? Because I believe that even the guy that has been jailed for three years for his role there was also there. Is that correct? That is correct, Chabiso. Um, In fact, from when we approached by correctional services, this was actually the request from the offenders themselves. It was not really just an initiative from correctional services. So they responded to their request because they went through the program uh, rehabilitation through uh, correctional services and they, through the social workers, uh, they were counseled, they were taught life skills, uh, they were taught anger management. And then it came to, me, to them that maybe this was the right time to then meet the victims uh, and then and make a public apology. Mm. You have you have a derby this weekend. I mean, on that note, what message would you like to send out to the fans listening, especially since it's a sold-out affair? This Saturday, uh, Moses Mabida, as, as you rightfully uh, mentioned, we are hosting the derby uh, between Chiefs and Pirates, a telecom uh, knockout quarterfinal. We're expecting a full house. Um, and uh, what the, the timing was so perfect for us with this event and the message that was spread on the day um, where the victims and the perpetrators um, met, and then uh, the message of um, that was shared on the day. It, 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 it was such a good message to to be spread across. And in fact, there will be some um, messages that will be um, 
flight had before the match as well so that everyone who's at the stadium can actually have a snippet of what took place on Tuesday because mm. this message needs to be heard, in fact, by the entire South Africa. So what we we appealing to our fans is that we, as Moses Mabida, in, including our stakeholders and partners of the of the event on, on Saturday, we we welcome them to come to the stadium and enjoy the the the, the football match that will be playing, and we would want them to come and um, embrace uh, the, that unity that has been uh, and the fa- that came through the foundation of the event that took place on on, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, we we understand that in in football that they will be a winner on Saturday, mm-hmm. and that equally there will be a loser. So, however, it's 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 a part of, of football. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but part of that is part of sport. That's what sport is about. So, we want them to come and enjoy the stadium, and enjoy the football, and embrace each other, and accept whatever outcome of the match, and that's part of football. So, we'd like them to. Um, come and enjoy and be part of the family and everything is prepared and ready for them. Okay, on that note, we just want to take a quick break. Javlila, I want to talk about preparations for this weekend and we'll come back after that. We're speaking to the acting head of the Moses Mabida Stadiums, Javlila Nduli. Call Tabiso now, 0891-104-207. Javlila, as we wrap up now, um, People have been going on social media saying that tickets are being resold at ridiculous prices. We did mention that they sold out. Uh, this is obviously not allowed. What's your message to those who are reselling the tickets? Uh, to me, so it, it is quite sad that uh, people would do such, especially because UPSL for this match, we know uh, they, they went out of their way to put controls and systems in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the ticket opened, they were limited to four people uh, per person. And uh, um, it will continue to improve um, our system to ensure that this doesn't happen. We condone such acts as we'd like everyone to come through and it's equally uh, at the right, at the same price that everybody at Baltic Focus. We know everyone, every fan would like to be part of the stadium fever and experience the event at the stadium instead of watching it from um, mm-hmm. at home. Uh, so what they're doing, we we. we definitely against it and we condone it. Uh, those who have the tickets and we encourage them to come through early at the stadium uh, so that uh, the match can start on time. Yeah. Are there, are there also consequences for those who buy these tickets that are being resold? Definitely there are consequences. If found, uh, definitely there is a serious offense we, which we take seriously. Uh, if found, uh, there will be consequences definitely, even including those that are uh, selling uh, fake tickets. Uh-huh. We are putting controls in place for that as well. And definitely, that is also not a good thing, and we discourage it at all. Okay, let's just take this call. Mdanga from Cape Town. I hope you've got your tickets. Good evening. And good evening to the lady there. Mm. Uh, we are we are traveling from Cape Town uh, to watch uh, the debut. Uh, we are just leaving Cape Town at nine uh, tonight. Uh, but uh, we are see our faculty. There's also strict. Uh, if, if, if there will be also consequences for those who are selling tickets. But uh, as I'm leaving Cape Town now, I also have eight members who don't have tickets. But we are going to watch the game. We are going to watch the game because we didn't have a chance to go to Swatang. So they were sold out within six hours. Yeah. You know? 
So we are really looking forward to the game. We are going to Durban. Even if we arrive there and then we watch on the big screen, as long as we'll be in Durban on Saturday. Uh, otherwise, then also good luck to my team. Uh, may the best team win on Saturday. But you know who the best team is when it comes to Tabis. Okay, mdange, mdange, mdange. If, you, if you don't have tickets, we're going to sort you out, okay? Uh, we've got your number. We're going to speak to you offline. We're going to sort you out, especially if you're traveling all the way from Cape Town that's real commitment don't worry we'll speak to our people at telcom and we'll sort you out guys if you're traveling please travel safely finalist Jablile, how have the preparations gone how's the vibe in Devon? i know some people have left already people have left already <laughs> the city is buzzing um from the stadium point of view um it's all systems go in terms of security plans are in place um the stadium preparation is well underway we are ready, as I'm speaking to you, Supersport and all other media are at the stadium setting up and getting ready for Saturday. Great stuff. We wish you all the best. Hopefully everything goes well and may the best team win. Thank you very much for speaking to us. Thank you, Chief. Thank you. Chablile Nduli there, who is the acting head uh, at the Moses Mabida uh, Stadium there. And uh, and right now, actually, on that note, let's speak to one of the security guards uh, that was assaulted and attacked during that match last year. He was part of these reconciliation efforts. And uh, Sabelo, uh, Sabela Mabiza jo- Maziba joins us on the line now. Uh, Sabela, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us. Good evening, Tabis and your listeners. I know we've spoken to you before on the show when you told us that you were still not 100% after those attacks. How are you now, Sabela? Mm, uh, I'm better than last time now. Ah, that's good. And and what kind of I'm injuries not. did you suffer? So you caught him? I was saying, what kind of injuries did you suffer last year? Yeah, my injuries suffered in my chest. Mm. And now, but chest is better now. I suffer in my back. Mm. Yeah, that is a big problem. Because they kicked you those those hooligans. Yeah. While you were on the while you were on the ground, we remember that. And I remember you said you could not work because of your injuries at the time and the trauma caused by those attacks. Uh, are you working now? Are, are, are things back to normal? Yeah, if something coming up, I'm working, but not always. Mm. Depend how I feel. If I'm not feeling well, I'm not going to work. Do you still work as a security guard? Yeah, I still continue with the security guard. I remember you said that you don't you don't want this job again because of those attacks and what happened to you. Uh, why then are you still working as a security guard? Is 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 it because that's the only thing available at the moment? Yeah, if nothing is available at the moment, I can work as a security guard again, but not my purpose. Mm. Not by choice. Yeah, not my choice. You met some of the guys that that attacked you this week. How was that for you? Which guys? Uh, the ones that you guys met at the Moses Mabida Stadium this week. When oh, this week, yeah. How how was it? Yeah. I'm very happy because if we make apology, anyone deserves a second chance. You see, I'm happy about that. If you, you did something to me, it's bad. If you come to me, I see I'm wrong here. I'm happy about that. Have you forgiven them then? Yeah, I forgive them. What did, what did they say to you? 
One of them has been jailed for three years. Uh, the others were received suspended sentences. Are you happy that justice was done? Yeah, I can't say nothing because that is a job for police. Mm. If police give them a chance, that one is is outside of it. I I can't complain about that. That one inside in each other. And also I can get this sort for him. Finally, there was a gentleman who had said he would give you a salary for 12 months. I think his name was Blaine Josephs. We spoke to him on this show. Did he keep his promise? Yeah, but now I don't have a number for Joseph because my phone was lost. Oh, but when you were... Yeah, but he helped me a lot. He helped me a lot because that time uh, I suffered too much. gave me a man to to get up. And he bought you a phone, eh? Yeah. And then put my phone, but I lost my phone now. Oh, so you still want to get in touch with him? Sorry? You still want to get in touch with him? No, I'm not getting in touch for him because I don't have his number. Oh. I lost my phone. So, Siklanga Nisanai, must we put you in touch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, Sabella. Sabella, thank you very much. It's good to hear from you. It's good to hear that you are much better and we wish you all the best. Hopefully the people that are going to Devon this weekend will also check up on you. Uh, if you want to check up on Sabella, please uh, get in touch with us. I will put you in touch with him. Our number is 0891 You can send us a WhatsApp even if it's a message on 0614104107 and we'll put you in touch with uh, Sabella who was that security guard that was brutally attacked, kicked in the head while he was on the ground. I'm sure we remember those horrific scenes. After the break, we talk boxing with Peter Smith. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangawung. And now, former boxer and trainer at the Smith's Gym in four ways, uh, Peter Smith joins us to talk Canelo Alvarez against WBO light heavyweight champion Sergey Kovalev, the big fight of the weekend. Peter, good evening. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us. Hello, Peter. Oh, okay. I think uh, he can't hear us. I can hear there's something on the line, but uh, Peter Smith can't hear us uh, there. That is the big fight of this weekend as far as uh, boxing is concerned. All our eyes will be on that one. Let me see if I can um, look at some of our reaction. Okay, Matimu Wagashikombe says, thank you for sorting out Mdange. His passion is second to none. Yes, this man travels all the way from Cape Town to wherever Orlando Pirates plays. He follows this team around and we're going to get him uh, those tickets uh, whatever we can get i'm sure he'll appreciate that and then zico smith says now that we're talking about last year's violence did the guy who offered to assist the security guard financially deliver yeah he does say that uh, he did deliver when they were still in touch but he can't get hold of him uh, anymore uh, that's what is um that's what uh, sabella had uh, told us there we've got peter smith back on the line sorry about that peter but good evening and thanks for speaking to us on safm and finding the time Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Peter, firstly, Canelo is moving up two weight divisions here. What would you say motivated this decision? 
You know, I think what, what Canelo's doing is what uh, the future, the, the, the past greats have done. Like the, 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 uh, Sugar in it, you know, uh, they pretty much become so devastating in their, in their, in their weight divisions that for them, they, they overpower their opponents. And what happens is the demand gets bigger and the offers financially get bigger on the, on the, on the other divisions according to their, mm. you know. So I think these guys are, you know, it's pretty much, you know, they're reaching out and also, Get to a point where they're so, they, they, they that good that they actually don't to not look at the money or the growth in their career. It's, it's more about now leaving a status in boxing. It's, it's about leaving a greatness. You know, what Muhammad Ali's achieved, what uh, Thomas Hearns achieved, what Sugar Lim's achieved. Um, so, you know, they, they want to leave a legacy because they believe they, they're great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes uh, it, they, there's a lot of risk factors involved but um you know they know what they're about and what they what they believe in you know it's more about their belief system now on that you note know? what does it take to move up two weight classes i mean what kind of bulking up or training would he have had to do it takes a lot for certain fighters you know um i, I personally i i think canelo is really tipping the cell now i, I love canelo and mm. um you know i actually want him to win but um, you know, I think with it, with his stature, like, you know, the shorter, stockier fighter, it might work against him because it might slow him down. Um, although he has got the punching power for that division, that's his, that's what keeps him there. Mm-hmm. But, um, he's only, and I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about it, but I heard he doesn't even do that much road work because of he's got knee problems, mm-hmm. but he's worked out other methods of training to keep his fitness on a high level. Um, you know, so I, I, I believe, you know, I don't know. I think he he's slowing down as far as I've seen footage on him. Mm. He does look a little bit slower. And that might work against him uh, for a naturally a natural light heavyweight. So is it a risk you that know? he's taking? I, I think so. But, you know, th- this is maybe where it differs. You know, um, uh, Kovalev is uh, he's a, he's a, he's a hot and cold fighter. You know, he's a moment. One moment, he's devastating. I didn't believe he could beat Alvarez, the Alvarez on the rematch. Mm-hmm. But he destroyed Alvarez. So, you know, I think he either thinks that he's going to rise to occasion or if he takes his foot off the gas, which he, which he's, I heard he's quite a difficult guy in training. Mm-hmm. You know, I've spoken to Isaac Shulema about him as well. Yeah, yeah. Because Isaac's, you know, sporting him. He's got, he's, got a, he's got quite a bad temperament as far as I hear, as far as in coaching and training. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how the coach deals with him. If he comes hot-headed and he, and he, and he like, uh, looks down on Kovalov, I think he's in trouble. But mm-hmm. I think if, if he really puts his mind to it, um, I think Canelo's going to have a tough night, you know. I think even heart difference, it's a bigger, yeah. it's a bigger man. And it, it, it's hard to be a good big man. But, I, you know, um, on his style, he's got that kind of like that, that bobbing, weaving, slippery, like he's slippery, mm. good defensive fighter. So that's his credentials, and that's where he's very good at. He might get under Kovalov and get through, work his way through Kovalov to get to him. But it, it's going to be quite an interesting fight, I, I've got to tell you. I, I'm mm. actually excited about it. <laughs> and if you were in Kovalov's corner, I mean, how would you approach this fight? He's a natural light heavyweight, like you said. He's a bit taller and he's got the reach. Well, 
if I'm training Kovalov and, yeah. and, and, and my fight strategy for this fight, I believe the best way to fight, um, he's going to take on a lot of combination work, combination fighting, um, and a good good plan uh, on, on working the right combination. It's not just about throwing a bunch of punches. Uh, he's going to have to work on the right plan. I'll teach, uh, I would have to teach Kovalov how to throw the right combinations according to his style. I'd use a lot more uppercut uh, um, uh, combinations, working a body over, because he's going to stay low. Uh, Canelo's going to stay low. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to work angles off the jab. You know? He's, he's got to work angles with Kovalov for the jab. He can't just stand in front of Kovalov. Kovalov's going to come low to over. You know? Uh, that's what our strategizers and believe and think, you know, would be the best strategy for Kovalov. Okay, great stuff. Peter, let's leave it there for the sake of time, but hopefully we'll catch up again next week after the fight. But thank you very much for getting out of a meeting to speak to us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, okay. Peter, Peter Smith, okay. one of the Smiths' brothers there uh, at the Smiths' four-way uh, gym in Afoways. I believe they've got another one that's open. I think it's in Lone Hill uh, there. But we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, 6 and 7. Remember, it is Flashback Friday on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabi Sumasia. Thank you to Baba Lamtuma in technical, as well as Katla Mudiba producing. It is now time for news.